back like we never left. Oh, wait, we left? March 26th, Wayne. March. What is today's date? Today is July 30th. July 30th. Our last podcast was March 26th. It has been longer than a minute. It's been way too long, Drew. Dude, what have you been up to? I've been literally, quite literally, chilling, bro. Is there, any, is there anything, any new hobbies you've taken up during this uh, world pandemic time? Ooh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one. I've been cooking a lot. Cooking? Yeah. Like, I've been in the kitchen whipping with the wrist motion, bro. Okay. I'm, I'm in that thing. What is that noise? I feel like that's a UFO. <laughs> do you yeah. have, Do we have those here in Pearland? Yeah. We just they just roam, you know. Sometimes. It's okay. Cool. I digress. So, kitchen. What What's the best thing you've made so far? Ooh. Okay. Oh, hold up. You know what? Okay. I got two that I'm really proud of. Number one is French toast. I feel like that's really easy to make. But I learned how to. Okay. Listen. I be on TikTok a lot. And I be finding like dope ways to make certain things. So you know, I've you know found a tick uh, a TikTok video about how to make French toast, and it's pretty fire. Second, I've been making some really 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 good fajita chicken. Mm. Like you want some fajitas, you come over to me. I got you. I'm more of a uh, beef fajita, not chicken fajita. Oh, see, I'll change your mind right now, dude. I'll Hop over to Gringos right now, get that beef fajita. It's like no other place that you've been to as far as beef beef meat goes. You know what? I'm going to give you a shout out right now because the only thing I get from Gringos is that pollo marisco, bro. And that's what I get every single time as well. Yo, there is there is com- there is common ground right now because me and you both get the pollo marisco every single time. But that stuff is good. But I I I have had the beef fajitas and they're just as good. But that pollo marisco I that would be a whole separate podcast. That's the chef's kiss that right there. I've probably Ooh. been to Gringo's about five times during this quarantine. I think I've been like twice. It's so good. I'm not proud of that. Wayne, we got some stuff to talk about. Oh, like what? what, what well, fir- first of all, today, what is it still? July 31st. Today marks the day. Where basketball resumes officially. Yeah, sure. The season starts tonight. Doubleheader on TNT with starting with the Pels and the Utah Jazz. Followed up by Battle of Los Angeles, the Clippers and the Lakers. So I don't know if you're as excited as I am, but I've been waiting for this for a very, very long time. (laughs) I don't know if I'm excited or as excited as you are, but I'm still pretty excited. I don't know if scrimmage games suffice for me. You know what? I I can agree with you there because but there's I mean, no worth in it. Yeah. And as much as, you know, it was like, oh, basketball is finally back and everybody's healthy and nobody has Corona and we're chilling. I'm just like, uh, all right, just give me to July 30th, 31st, please. I'm good. Yeah. I, like, like I'm ready to see playoff basketball, really. Oh, yeah. Because the intensity is about to hit. And Kawhi, you can't hide. You can't sit. You got to play, bro. It's time <laughs> to play. Yeah. No rest. No rest for the week in the bubble. Uh-uh. What do you think of the bubble? I think it's I think it's kind of cool. I mean, compared to I feel like the NBA versus the NFL and the MLB, they are doing something right. Yeah. I mean, if you see what's going on in the MLB like the Marlins, they just yeah, can't four, get it 14 together. players tested positive and they have to 
basically shut down the team until a later date. Yeah, they can't they can't do anything right right now. So the fact that the NBA has restarted and nobody has corona and we're all chilling, I think that's pretty dope. I do feel like the advantage though is that the NBA is concluding their season whereas the MLB and the NFL have to start a whole season, which yeah. sounds nearly impossible. There's no way you can do a bubble for X amount of months to try and accomplish a whole season plus playoffs plus crowning a champion. Yeah. Especially in the NFL when you have hundred plus rosters. Yeah, you got you can't there's no way to just bubble everybody. So I don't know. I think the NFL will be okay because now they've seen what works and what doesn't work. So they can try and like make it work without having to have a bubble. So I think they'll be fine. But Well they're talking about, you know, actually playing football, but also, you cannot exchange jerseys after the game. Yeah. How does that make sense? Uh, Go full-fledged <laughs> contact, but don't exchange your jerseys after the game. Like, we've already just been, like, sweating and, you know, just hitting each other, like, and I can't give you my jersey at the end because corona, but we just played a whole game. It doesn't make sense. We I just, think I think it's more optics than anything. What, what can look good and make us look like we're trying to be safe in certain areas but i don't think you can really hide from it so um but i feel like the nba is doing something right i mean a couple weeks ago they they came out and as of a certain date they said zero of our players have uh tested positive for covid for the ones that have actually arrived to the bubble so i Mm -hmm. feel like given the amount of time they've been there and then having zero positive tests is really I feel like a huge accomplishment. Yeah. So they, I, I feel like other sports platforms can take something away from this, maybe a more condensed version of it, but uh, at least to conclude the season and give us some entertainment, it's been really good. Mm-hmm. We got some stuff we're going to get into to, to today. Uh, we are going to start with a segment we want to call takashi time yes, i'll explain sir. that a little bit later but wayne uh, i'm gonna give you the credit for that one that's all you uh gonna talk a few highlights from what has been the scrimmages from the nba bubble so far obviously they don't carry much weight but it is something to look at mm-hmm. and retweet uh what do you call it oh, you just like stuff on instagram i was gonna stay re-instagram <laughs> a repost i feel like i'm 40 <laughs> And then oh, we're going to get into the uh, the end of season awards as of when the season shut down. Okay, so these are not an indication of what's to come or who's going to be crowned champion. This is just when the NBA shut down officially, when coronavirus hit, we are making our uh, choices for all the midseason awards based off of that. And then we will crown what we are calling, again, all credit to Wayne, the Corona chip. Who is going to win the Corona chip? Who's going to win the championship? User. We're going to discuss it. And uh, hopefully, I hope we don't find common ground, to be honest with you. I don't think we will. We'll see. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Tell the people what Takashi time is. All right. So just a little something I was thinking about, because if you've been paying attention to the NBA, everybody's in the bubble, right? But they set up a snitch, quote unquote, snitch hotline. So you can report things as if, you know, like if you see somebody breaking the rules or something like that, you can report it to, I don't know, God. I don't, I don't know who it 1-800 is. 1-800-SNITCH. Yeah, 1-800-I'm-FINNA-SNITCH-ON-YOU. 
that's too many numbers. Anyway, uh, so I thought that it would be a good time because they, they just said it was anonymous. They didn't put any names out there. Just like, there's anonymous players and stuff like that going on. So I was like, hmm, who on earth would be snitching in the bubble? Uh, and the snitch is really for if anybody's like breaking coronavirus restrictions, right? Like yeah. that's really what it's for. But but we're we're gonna get to be creative on this. Yeah, just a little bit creative. I got a couple, maybe three. I got one. You got one, <laughs> dude. I I <laughs> I got three. <laughs> okay, G- give me your three, and I'll give you my one. All right. So number one, and I feel like this is obvious. It's got to be Chris Paul. Just straight up. Chris Paul. If you look at the way Chris Paul has handled, handled himself in the NBA, the man is like a snitch first, ask questions later kind of person. So it, it only makes sense that in the bubble, if he sees, I don't know, LeBron getting food from a place he shouldn't be getting food from, bro, I'm finna snitch. If you see Aren't Kawhi, they friends? That don't matter. They're trying to win a chip. If I can get you out the game, I'm doing it. So you're saying that's, for him, that's for him this is this is about winning. Yeah, this is not about he's taking the, the, the validity of the claim. Nah. He just wants the chip, man. Which I can't complain. I'm cool. You do what you gotta do. But Chris Paul, I know it's you, dog. I know it's you. It's I can, obvious. I could believe that. Yeah. Number two, I got a sleeper. Ooh. Kawhi Leonard. Get out. Kawhi Leonard. Listen. Number one, he doesn't talk much, which makes him the perfect candidate to be snitch of the year. He doesn't say anything, and he laughs horribly. <laughs> he has to be snitch of the year. He's giving himself up every time he opens his mouth. Therefore, he has to be the snitch. Is he specifically snitching on anyone? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like Kawhi was snitch on his own players, but that's beyond the point. Uh, what about the maybe the Raptors since that was his former He probably team. is no, on Kyle Spurs. Oh, Spurs? Spurs. More beef there. He could try. He's going to snitch on Pop. <laughs> Pop would probably enjoy that. He'd be like, all right, cool. I'm going to go vacation. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Probably retire, but that's for another conversation. And let Becky Hammond. Or Tim Duncan. Or Tim Duncan. No, I want Becky. Becky with the good hair. Anyway, moving on. My last snitch. And this one might make sense and it might not make sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. Tobias Harris. Okay. Let that sink in. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. And here's why. When they pulled up to the bubble... He saw Boban, his old teammate, right? They were good friends. They danced a lot. They had fun. But now Tobias has to see Boban. With Luca. With Luca and Kristaps. And I don't think that sits well with him. So you know what? I'm taking it to the snitch hotline to snitch on every Dallas Maverick player I can wow. if, I'm to, if I'm Tobias Harris. Is that – so this is really just an indication of being envious of a friendship? Yes. Okay. He's upset that Boban got traded or pick whatever happened to Boban. And he wants him back because they they were a great duo. So Chris Paul snitches because he wants to win. Yes. Kawhi snitches. I don't really know why. He's just Kawhi. I don't really know Kawhi. <laughs> and Tobias is envious of his former uh, best friend and wants to get him back. And will do that do that by any means, even any if it's means. through the one eight hundred snitch line. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have an actual situation. Uh oh. So I I think this. I think this thing actually happened. I don't know if it was through the snitch line, but a report came out that Jimmy Butler was dribbling his basketball in his hotel room in the middle of the night. Like that was an actual report. I think, 
I that think I heard out. that. Now, I don't know if that was from Jimmy or like if Jimmy was like, can you release this to the press because Jimmy loves to talk about Jimmy, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to change it up. Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren got into a scuffle earlier in the year. This is true. A big one that we talked about actually here on the pod. It was a lot of fun to watch, and we were really looking forward to the rematch that ended up never happening. Mm-hmm. But I believe the Heat are in the four seed and the Pacers are in the five seed, so a very good chance they play each other in the first round. So I believe TJ Warren snitched on Jimmy Butler for dribbling in the middle of the night. I believe TJ Warren was in the hotel on the floor below Jimmy Butler directly underneath his room, so he was getting the worst of what what was happening. So Jimmy actually knew TJ was directly underneath him, and so he purposely was dribbling his basketball just to annoy the crap out of him and say, you're not going to get any sleep tonight. And then TJ Warren was like, all right, well, I'm about to kick you out the playoffs. Boom. Called him, and the report came out. Obviously, I don't think Jimmy got any... Uh, actual punishable time for that but for my story he did he's actually kicked out for the rest of the playoffs so well done well done tj warren yeah good job see that's how you use a snitch hotline to your advantage get these players kicked out then weakens their team boom championship both both had an upper hand jimmy wanted tj to get no sleep tj wanted jimmy to not be a part of his team by using the 1-800 snitch line Mm mm-hmm and that, people, is Takashi time. Yes, sir. Have you seen any good uh, highlights from the scrimmage games, Wayne? Yo, I have seen some good stuff, especially from these young players going out there. One of my favorites that came out of the draft was Rui Achimara. Did yes. I, did I say his name right? Who, who they say actually kind of embodies Kawhi a little bit, like his style of play. I could see that, except Rui is more fluid, I think. Kawhi is more robotic, and I mean, I'm surprised you're bringing up any player from the Wizards because I feel like the Wizards are at the bottom of the totem pole as far as watchability right now. But because I, Bradley Beal's not there, true. But I was just watching so you're the a game. real fan. I'm a sleeper Wizards fan. <laughs> just kidding. Haha. <laughs> no, nah, but I like Rui. That dude's that dude's dope. Um, but as far as like the main thing that I've been seeing from this whole scrimmage and stuff. It's Bobo. That dude. That's who I wrote down as well. Dude. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Do you know how tall he is? The man's 9'10". Gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's not 9'10". But I looked it up last night. He's 7'3". 7'3". Yo. That man's a skyscraper out there that's moving. I heard someone say he is the next unicorn. You know how they call Kristaps Porzingis when he first got to New York? Katie was like, that dude can do anything. He's super, excuse me, he can do anything. He's super tall. He can shoot threes. He can take it to the basket. He can defend. He's basically a unicorn. People are saying Bol Bol could be the next unicorn. Yo, I guess. But would he be like a step above that? I don't I feel know. Like he's- I don't think watching scrimmage games is a good, like, stamp on he's going to be amazing at this point. Well, but we see, bro. there was some. Okay, so the play that I saw from him that I was like, dude, stop. <laughs> I think he he blocked a shot or got a rebound, and he pushed the break. Mm-hmm. Like he was dribbling down the court, handling the ball, and he did a little side sidestep, brought it back, and pulled up for three, and it was like, Bull Bull has <laughs> just arrived. 
it was wet like wowda. That I, man. I think one of his first games he had like 16, 10, and six blocks. Jeez. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. 16, 10, and 6. So he's uh, he's like really skinny, right? But, yeah. So he's going to need to put some weight on. But if he can put some weight on and stay healthy. Okay, the Nuggets have found him and Michael Porter Jr. as like steals of the draft, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Bobo was, I think, the last pick in the NBA draft because he was injured when he was at Oregon. He had like a really bad injury. Yeah. And then That's right. no teams really wanted to take a chance on him. He was even at the draft like expecting expecting to get picked and he ended up being the last one. So, he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder and uh at least in these scrimmage games which have been his first sign of NBA action, he's looked really good. Oh my goodness. I love him. Um fun fact that just came out there was actually uh, there was a, rep- a report that came out that says if your for- if your first NBA time is at this NBA bubble, meaning you have had playoff time uh, starting here, but you never played beforehand and you're a rookie, um, you can be in the running for rookie of the year starting in the 2020-2021 season. So Bull Bull is actually eligible to win rookie of the year if he plays uh, next year. Okay. So he could get his first, you know, like he can make a name for himself potentially in the playoffs if they keep him in the rotation mm-hmm. and then still end up winning rookie of the year when the new season starts. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. That's dope. My other highlight was uh, you're going to have to help me with his name, but the dude from the Spurs who demoralized uh, oh. Thonis Antetokounmpo on Drew, the Bucks, Drew Eubanks. Drew Eubanks. So any guy who's named Drew – Obviously gets a lot of credit for being a, an amazing <laughs> basketball player. Uh, you can ask him. You can ask me. Uh, but yes. dude, I, you sent me this highlight, and I kind of j- I was sitting in a uh, a love seat, I think, and I just kind of sunk. <laughs> you know how you can just sink when you see something like that? Yeah, I sunk, dude. When I oh my goodness, he got baptized, brought back up above the water, and then baptized again. All in the like the span of like five seconds, and basically hurt Giannis's brother. True, like he was on the ground, like flinching after that. Yeah, what was funny to me too was like the Spurs were getting beaten pretty bad at that point, mm-hmm. but it still felt like the Spurs won after I saw that. <laughs> like, don't look at the scoreboard, <laughs> but watch that highlight and go, wow. Yeah. It was incredible. They drinking something different over there in San Antonio, man. I'm telling you. For sure. I don't think I saw any other, like, I'm sure there were some good highlights from the scrimmages, but I wasn't paying close enough attention to them because I'm ready for real basketball uh, to start back up. I think we have eight regular season games to give teams a chance, uh, teams outside of the playoff picture a chance to get in, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I have to, I, I know this wasn't on our agenda, but... What do you think about this play-in tournament that they're thinking about where if a nine seed, so in the West, I would see that as like Portland, uh, the Pelicans, and who am I missing? I know the Kings and Suns are in, in the race, but they're not really in the race. Uh, there's Spurs one, are over there. Spurs. Yeah. yeah, Spurs. So like out of those three teams, if any of them are within four games of the eighth seed, they are now eligible to 
have a play-in tournament with the eight seed team, so which would be the Grizzlies right now. Mm-hmm. So let's say uh, the Grizzlies, uh, I'm sorry, the Pelicans are within four games of the Grizzlies. They now play a three-game tournament where the Pelicans have to win two games to earn the eighth spot, and the Grizzlies only have to win one game, and then they're in. So what do you think about that tournament, and are you hoping – maybe to see a tournament or are you just like I'm good with the Grizzlies being where they're at because I personally would love to see a jaw versus Zion play in tournament yeah I think that'd be dope um but I just got to give credit to John Morant I mean he got these Grizzlies to be in the eighth seed and so yeah as cool as it would be to have a play in tournament I'm just like dang I don't want someone else to just come in and sneak in by the skin of their teeth or the hair or whatever Whatever the metaphor, simile, whatever it is, I forgot what it was. Anyway, <laughs> it might have been right, but I don't know. <laughs> I think I said it right. Anyway, I don't want another team to sneak in and then take that from Jaw, because he, bro, when you talk about someone putting a team on their back, John Morant put the Grizzlies on his back. Can we give credit to Taylor Jenkins too, the new Grizzlies head coach? I yeah. feel like he deserves a lot of credit for taking a team that really nobody was looking at to go oh, they're going to be in the eighth spot and they're going to make the playoffs. Like, he really galvanized that team. Yeah. Um, okay, how about we view it in the lens of – because whoever's in the eighth spot is facing the Lakers in the first round. So, do you want do you want to see the Grizzlies versus the Lakers? Do you want to see Ja versus LeBron? Do you want to see Zion versus LeBron? Or do you want to see Dame, CJ, Melo, Yusuf Nurkic against that Lakers team who – Honestly, if the if Portland gets in, dude, if Portland gets in, there there is a real real chance for an upset in that first round versus the Lakers. Yeah, I think the Port I think the Trailblazers have the biggest chance to upset the Lakers if they have to play in that in that series. Um I like the Pelicans, I mean obviously because of Zion and Lonzo, their chemistry together. I mean, Lonzo can throw full court lobs to Zion now and like it's it's ridiculous, and it's easy. Like, he just sits there like he's a quarterback back in the pocket, chunks a touchdown to Zion Williamson, who just dunks it in like it's, you know, on one of those little the little kitty goals or whatever. Yeah, I mean, so it's 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 super simple, and I want to see that. That's like showtime for the Pelicans. But in a seven-game series, I, I don't see them even touching LeBron and them boys. From a, from a rating standpoint, Zion versus LeBron would be off the charts. Yeah. But from a actual basketball standpoint where it's like this team has a chance, I got to go with Portland. Like I, I kind of want to see Portland in there because I want Dame to have another chance to really compete for a championship because he's been so loyal to Por- to Portland. Mm-hmm. And you're getting Yusuf Nurkic back who's looked pretty good in this in these scrimmages. And you have a fairly deep team. Like I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Portland to uh, steal the eighth spot or – get a chance to do that play in tournament but i feel like grizzlies portland pelicans like it's going to be good either way like i'm really looking forward to whoever gets that spot did you see that move cj mccollum hit in that game oh the little like double step back yes yes that was dirty that was clean dude i saw that and i was okay cj is in his bag all the way he got the duffel bag out brought it to the bubble that boy is in there in the bag can cj be a number one option on the offensive end for a team for a team that's not the Trailblazers? Yeah. Correct. I think so. I feel like he should go to Orlando. 
he could definitely definitely be a number one option over there. Trade Aaron Gordon for CJ McCollum. That'd be interesting. I don't know if that would be a fair trade on Portland's end, but I don't know. I feel like I'd like to see CJ in a number one scoring role. Yeah, that'd be dope. Ooh, see now you got me thinking. What if mm-hmm. he was in Orlando? I do think if if Portland doesn't make any noise this year, uh, we will see some movement from their team because I don't know if it's going to work or they're going to have to add an, add another big piece. But who knows? All right, let's get to to some awards. The end of season awards. Wayne, do you want to start with bottom of the totem pole with a like we can call it a coach of the year, or do you want to start with the mega MVP? No, let's start at the bottom. Okay, let's start with um, let's start with coach of the year. Which, by the way, when we did our first few episodes, we made these predictions. Do you remember that? I do, but I don't remember what I said. Okay, I think I think I can recall you saying for coach of the year that you legitimately thought it was going to be Greg Popovich. Yes. And I looked I at that. you like you were crazy, yes. and but you stuck with your guns, and you're still wrong. <laughs> Look, looking back <laughs> on the decisions I made as a younger human being. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I realized that I might have had a little bit too much water to drink before recording that podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Okay, I so <laughs> I, I feel like you've probably changed your mind. Who do you think <clears throat> is deserving of Coach of the Year? Um, honestly, so I, I don't know names. I mean, I know a few names as far as coaches go, but I don't know like what, you know, I'm just not like a coach person. So I'm just going to throw out a team. Okay. And we mentioned it earlier. Uh, the Grizzlies head coach, Taylor Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> no, I'm playing. If you haven't seen that video, look it up. It's pretty funny. Anyway, um, Taylor Jenkins is definitely up there for me. Uh, because just, I mean, like you said, seeing what they did with this team, seeing how John Morant came in and how he was able to – John Morant, when you watch him play, it looks like he's been playing in the NBA for years. Like, he's a veteran. Just the way he moves, the the reads that he makes, what he's able to do with the ball in his hands. Like, the dude looks like he's been here and he's been doing this. Y'all just not catching on. Uh, but, you know, he's a rookie. So, I think Taylor Jenkins definitely deserves – Maybe he wins it or not, but he deserves to be in the conversation because he took this Grizzlies team who no one even looks twice at, who lost Andre Iguodala, a veteran who could have helped these people, um, you know, do something great. But instead he was like, I don't want to sit here with these young people. I'm just going to go over here to Miami with Jimmy Butler and, you know, do what I got to do. And those those Grizzly players were like, that's fine. We don't need him. Like they had some attitude and some grit behind them when he left. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like obviously you don't want to be with us, so get a move on. Yeah, and which so, I kind of like that attitude from that yeah. young Grizzlies team. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't even cry. They were like, "Oh, whatever. You don't want to be here. Cool. We're gonna see you in the playoffs at some point, maybe. I mean, you and Ease meet you in the finals. Not really, but <laughs> I like the attitude. You know, and this just in Grizzlies making it to the finals, baby, <laughs> against beat, the Heat. They beat everybody. They beat the Rockets, <laughs> the Clippers, the Lakers. Everybody's gone. No, I'm playing, but. Yeah, I, I think no. You're right. I mean, that is that's not a bad choice. You know, unfortunately, because they're the eighth seed, he probably won't get no. coach of the year. But it's definitely he I, deserves I mean, it. Yeah, I I think I mean these are all personal choices anyway. So um, I'm gonna go with Nick Nurse uh, from the Toronto Raptors. Yo, Nurse. It's his second year uh, taking on this team. His first year, he 
won a championship. Yeah. Uh, now a lot of people can probably uh, attest that to Kawhi Leonard. So this was kind of the year where it was like, okay, let's see what kind of coach he really is. Because mm-hmm. you had – he lost Kawhi Leonard. He lost Danny Green. And they still end up having the third best record in the NBA. And he's creative with lineups. I mean, he's got everything from uh, Fred Van Fleet to Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka – taking G League players like Terrence Davis and just bringing this team up to make these creative lineups. And he's one of the few coaches, uh, probably right behind the Heat, who they are the team that uses zone defense the most. And sometimes they even use a full court press. And you don't see many coaches uh, doing that in the NBA today. So I feel like Nick Nurse deserves a lot of credit uh, for you know galvanizing this team after losing its best player and, you know, they have a real chance to, I'm not going to say win the championship, but at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with the team that they have. And you've seen Pascal Siakam uh, under Nick Nurse's leadership. I, I think a lot of, you know, making improvements is all about opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so Siakam has gotten a lot of opportunity, but that uh, a lot of it has to be attested to Nick Nurse to to use him in the right way. So I got to give it to to Nick Nurse on this one. Yeah, I can see that. All right, let's go to hmm. Let's go to Defensive Player of the Year. Who you got? I I remember this one from the jump. I think I said Anthony Davis was going to win Defensive Player of the Year if I remember correctly. Someone can go fact check me. I'm sure y'all will. I think you're right. But I'm sticking with Anthony Davis as Defensive Player of the Year because this man on this team, and I think what I said back then was the Lakers are good at putting him in situations to be that defensive player, as in driving people into the paint and forcing them to go up against Anthony Davis so he can get that block or trapping, forcing a bad pass so he can get that steal. Like, they're good at – I don't know that they're doing it on – they're not doing it on purpose, but the way they play is – put people in bad situations for the turnover and it just so happens that Anthony Davis is there. Yeah. So put people in bad positions for a turnover and have LeBron running the break. Yeah. Anthony Davis gets the turnover and just chunks it down court. LeBron's there. Throw it to somebody else who throws it back to the well, Hold up. He ain't Kevin Love. Come on. Hey, he's not Kevin Love. Kevin Love knows how to do those Aaron Rodgers like go deep kind of passes. He ain't Kevin Love. He's not a uh, Nikola Jokic aka Slim Dad Bod Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Uh, can we just – I mean, you remember – what was his nickname? Yo, look yo. up on – you got basketball reference. Look up Nikola Jokic. We had a nickname for him that we loved, and I don't think we can use it anymore, unfortunately. Big Honey. Big Honey. He's Slim Honey now. <laughs> <laughs> He's Slim Honey now. He looks really good. I, I don't know if it's going to work for his position, but he looks really good right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going with – Giannis for Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, that's a good pick. I, I feel like it's there's only two choices, though. It's between Anthony Davis and it's between Giannis. The reason Giannis got it for me is because I feel like he, out of all uh, really great defensive players, he can literally guard one through five. And he can move his feet with those players. So if you've got like a James Harden on you who's going to isolate you or if you got a Kawhi Leonard, like – Giannis is going to have the length and the speed to be able to keep up with them, even even when they try to switch out on 
you know, Giannis, who looks like a bigger player, but is able to uh, defend every position where I feel like with Anthony Davis, if you switched him out on James Harden. Oh, he's getting robbed. I don't know if he's getting robbed, but he, I don't think he can keep up with him as good as Giannis can. Uh, James Harden is taking anybody's ankles. True. But, Anybody. But I feel like if there's a player who can bother James Harden, it would yeah. be Giannis. And so I think he's really been the catalyst for the Bucks being a great defensive team. So I had to give it to him. All right, so let's move on to most improved player. Most improved player. Wayne, this one was tough for me. I'll go ahead and start this one out. Yeah. And I'll give you the people that I thought were worthy of it, which was a lot of people. Alexi Shved, number one. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all don't know who Alexi, Alexi Shved is, go look him up. <laughs> Legend. So for me, uh, Jason Tatum, hmm. third-year player who brought a scoring up from 15.7 points a game to 23.6 points a game. And by the way, all the players I'm about to mention are first-time All-Stars. Okay. So uh, he was a good choice. Bam Adebayo brought a scoring up from 8.9 to 16.2. Um, was one of the assist leaders for that Heat team as a big man going from 2.2 to 5.1 assist. And he's just a really good switchable big uh, who has uh, arguably been the best player, if you want to argue that, between him and Jimmy Butler for that Heat team. Uh, that I think that is also his third year as well. Next one is uh, Brandon Ingram, who he no. is in his fourth year, uh, starting out with the Pelicans after being traded from the Lakers. Brought a scoring up from 18.3 points to 24.3 points. And brought his free throw percentage up to 67% to 85%, which I feel like is pretty good. Dang. Uh, Luka Doncic, second-year player, from 21 points to 28 points, from six assists to nine assists to uh, eight eight rebounds to nine rebounds. So basically nearly averaging a triple-double in a second year. And then Trey Young bringing his scoring up from uh, 19 points a game to 29 points a game. All of these, I feel like, are pretty good choices. Mm -hmm. I don't like giving most improved to second-year players. It's just something about it, so I can't give it to Young, and I can't give it to Doncic. I almost went with Ingram on this one, but I had to go with Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Because he, like, his stats may not jump off the page to you. Like, you know, his... His 16.2 points per game might not jump off the page. But if you really watch basketball, you know that he is one of the biggest keys to this Heat team success. And nobody really saw them coming like this. Uh, so I, I had to give uh, most improved to Bam Adebayo. All righty. Um, I didn't really give much thought to most improved player. To be honest, I forgot about it. I forgot it was a category. Glad you care about this. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But if I'm looking at your list... If I had to pick one, it'd be Bam Adebayo. Okay. But it, honestly, I'm super close because you said you can't give it to a second-year player. I can't. Okay? My level of conviction when it comes to most improved player, I don't care. If you've improved, I'll give it to you. I would have picked Luka. It's Bam and Luka for me. Yeah. For I me, mean, it was Bam versus Ingram. That there, man, Luka, oh, Okay, dude. the reason I'm, I have trouble giving it to a second-year player, it's because – 
if you're a second year player, certain things are just expected from you. you like you're expected yeah. to improve. Where whereas if you're a third or fourth year player, like you kind of like the expectation is still there. Mm-hmm. But if you make a big enough jump, it's like, oh, this dude really improved. That's yeah. why I have trouble, you know, picking a second year player. But gotcha. Bam out of bio. It sounds like we agree on that one. Bam, um, bam. All right, let's move on to six man. Six man like Lou Will. Six man like Lou Will. I had uh why don't you go first on this one? I mean, we already said it, dude. You're I'm going getting, with Lou Will? I'm going with Lou Will. All right. And it's crazy because this man is like, I mean, he kind of started a little bit and then went back to six man. Um, but when you talk about someone coming off the bench and just providing an energy, it's Lou Will. The guy literally like just doesn't, like he knows his role. He knows what he does best and it's coming off the bench and giving the team that spark. And so, I, I mean, he's in the song for a reason. <laughs> Nothing I can do about that one. Lou Will this year. 18.7 points per game, 5.7 uh, assist, 3.1 rebounds on 41% shooting. Uh, he ended up playing 60 games, which is pretty much the entirety of when we had shut down. And he got some dope wings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're, <laughs> we're going to go there. Uh, if you guys don't know, Lou Williams uh, had to be shut down when he arrived back to the bubble because he decided on – First of all, he went to a funeral for, for someone he, he really cared about and was a big uh, mentor, inspiration to him growing up. So condolences to his family. But also on the way back, he decided to stop at Magic City, which is apparently a food uh, wings slash strip club in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, He decided to uh, str- drop there on the way back. And uh, some dude named Jack Harlow posted a picture of him and word got out 1-800 snitch line yeah dang harlow how you doing <laughs> and so that is why wayne is saying uh some great wings yeah dude because they must have been fired yeah you risk it off i don't nice. know if he just went there for the wings but he might not have he said he was in there for like 20 minutes don't take 20 minutes to get wings it's okay he didn't want to do that curbside nah no no okay uh, wayne uh I have three choices here. One of them was Lou Will. Mm-hmm. The other one was Montrez, who was on hey. the same team as Lou Will. Check out this. As far as points go, almost merely identical. Lou Will, 18.7 points per game. Montrez, 18.6 points per game. Wow. Trez on 58% shooting versus Lou's 41% shooting. So Lou's shooting percentage actually really dropped off this year. Like even though he's still accumulating the points and stuff, like he hasn't really had the moments like he's had in years past that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trez is averaging 7.1 rebounds and Trez played 63 games as opposed to lose 60 games. But actually neither of those two are my choice. Oh, I'm going with Dennis Schroeder. A the Schroed man. Yes, sir. Which actually, when me and you went to go see Rockets versus Thunder, Schroeder, along with Gallinari, tore the Rockets up. Yeah. I mean, tore us up, especially in that second half. Chris Paul had us that first half, but that second half, Schroeder was just tearing us apart. And he has been 
a big part of OKC's um, you know three guard lineup that they run with him, Shy and CP3, and I had to give it to him because he's been producing, has played 63 games this year, shooting 46 percent, um, averaging 19 points a game, uh, four rebounds, 3.7 assists. I had to give it to him. He just kind of edged out both of those guys for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it fair? Probably not. Like I, but if I wasn't going to go with Schroeder, I definitely wasn't going to go with Lou. I would probably choose Trez, Montez, yeah. but I am going to choose uh, Schroeder for this one because nobody really expected uh, this Thunder team to make the jump they did. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to Schroeder and Atlanta days who really wanted a starting spot and wanted, wanted to kind of be the guy, like he's really taken on the role of uh, embracing the six man. And I feel like that's been important for his career. And uh, yeah, so I, I have to give it to him. Which, by the way, I heard a trade proposal the other day. Oh. A mock trade proposal, and I thought it was decent. Okay. Dennis Schroeder traded to Philadelphia for Al Horford. Hmm. Too many bigs in Philadelphia. Yeah. Not a guard. Not not a uh, a true, you know, they got Ben Simmons, but... He's not really a – like he's not score first. Schroeder would be. But I feel like he's embracing the six-man role enough to where you don't really want to mess that up. Yeah. I mean, if they did – if that did happen, Ben Simmons would have to go back to doing Ben Simmons things, which doesn't have to be bring the ball up the court. It could be – Well, they're, they're actually moving Ben Simmons to power forward for the bubble. Oh, for real? And playing uh, Shake Milton at point guard. Oh, so they're trying. They're trying out some new things. I'm sure. I'm sure Ben Simmons will still handle the ball a lot, mm-hmm. but they are saying that they're making that change. But anyways, I thought that Schroeder for Horford trade was pretty interesting. I don't think it'll happen, but it was. It was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I'll take it. Do you know how to spell Schroeder's last name? S C yes H yes. R, keep going. O mm-hmm. E, nope. Oh, S C H R O D E R. Okay, I was, I was gonna say O E D E R, and it's I the it was weird. It's the O with the accent mark up top. Yeah, but not not like the accent mark on Jokic's name, mm-hmm. but the two dots above the O. Okay, I don't know where that's from, but neither do I. He's got it in there. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, the, the grand finale of awards, the MVP, MVP. Now I think, which by the way, I don't know if we spoke about this for the previous ones, but our initial picks at the beginning of the year, I think I chose Lou Williams, Lou Williams for six man. Mm -hmm. I don't think I definitely didn't choose shooter. Uh, I think I chose either Giannis or Davis for defense player of the year. I think I chose Andrew Wiggins for most improved. <laughs> God, did that drop off? Uh, oh my goodness! I think I chose Mike Budenholzer for Coach of the Year. Buden, which still could be a good choice. Uh, so, anyways, it's, it's funny to see how things change over a few months. Um, I think you chose James Harden for your MVP at the beginning of the year. I'm sure that's not what it is now but go ahead and tell me yours yeah i i'm probably said that yeah i mean honestly 
Did you see the stat of what um, James Harden is doing in the bubble? I think it was in the bubble where he was, like, first in every category for scoring. I don't know if that was just in the bubble or if that was for the whole season. I don't, I don't know. But Well, he, he was, like, he ended the season averaging 34 points a game still, which was the highest. Yeah, he was, like, first in scoring, first in field goals taken, first in field goals made, first in whatever, first, 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 first. And I'm just like, yo, what? What? Like, how is this possible? It's he, James Harden. He would have been the front runner for MVP if he had not dropped off that second half of the season. Because remember, he had that really bad scoring mm-hmm. uh, spell, mm-hmm. and it was Russell Westbrook starting to take over. So as soon as that happened, his chances of for me, his his chances of MVP kind of dipped, even if his averages and stats kind of stayed where they were. Yeah. So, for me, I mean, obviously, you could either have LeBron or you could either have Giannis. Those are, like, the two big names right now. For me, I got to go with that man, that bad man, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's not his last name, but I said it because it's funny. Now, I'm picking Giannis because, number one, as much as I love LeBron and what he's doing in L.A., LeBron can, like, cakewalk to the finals. Like, that's what it feels like. LeBron can just be like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this. I can just drop 25. I'll let Anthony Davis eat for 40. I'll let, I don't know, Danny Green hit some clutch threes. I'll let, you know, uh, I'll even let J.R. Smith, because they got him now, J.R. Swish. Did you already say Dion Waiters? Oh, and Dion. The gummy the guru. guru himself. Who came in first game? They call him Cheese for whatever. Cheese? Uh, yeah, like whenever he scores, they go Cheese. I don't know why. I don't know. Either. Probably because he was smiling when he was on them gummies. But um, <laughs> anyway, nah, he was freaking out. <laughs> he was tripping out. He, he couldn't smile. He was like, uh, I can't stop. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they just got a lot of good pieces over there. And I'm not saying that the Bucks don't. The Bucks have pieces that have learned how to work together, kind of like that LeBron Cavs team when it was like LeBron and Kyrie, and then it was just like, and Kevin Love and. Cool. Well, well, maybe the biggest indication Lakers versus Bucks is that the Lakers have two legitimate superstars, mm-hmm. LeBron and Davis, whereas the Bucks have a superstar and a star, Giannis and Middleton. Yeah, because Middleton can go off when he wants to. I mean, he, he drops he, sixty. He can, but he's like, if somebody sees Middleton in the streets, they'll be like, "Oh, that's just another dude." Like. If you see Anthony Davis in the street, that's Anthony Davis, or that's LeBron. Yeah. Uh, So I think, you know, the Lakers have that advantage of having two guys who you know absolutely without a doubt can get you a bucket. Mm -hmm. Uh, But both teams are have a pretty well-made-up team overall. And the argument that could be made for LeBron is the fact that, yeah, he has all these pieces around him, but he's still shining through it. So – if the season didn't end where it did, mm-hmm. I believe we'd have a stronger case for LeBron potentially being MVP because he was starting to go off. And Giannis was actually – him and his team were starting to just dip just a slight bit right there. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if the season resumed, we might have seen LeBron potentially snatch it from him. But I, I got to agree with you. It's it's Giannis for me. That man. that And he developed a shot too. Like, I mean, it's not perfect. It's not like, I mean, I don't think it'll ever be Steph Curry type. I don't even think it's uh, 
But listen to this. Giannis, averaging 30 points, 14 rebounds, almost six assists. But this is the really shocking thing. In under 31 minutes. Dang. That is insane. So he's just... Like he is... So he's averaging close to the same amount of minutes he did in his rookie year. Wow. And putting those numbers up with the best record in the NBA. Like East and West, yeah. Bucks have the best record. So how can you not go with Giannis? He's efficient. That's what you're saying. Oh, he's he's extremely efficient and he's rested. If you only got to play 31 minutes a game, you can be ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. And you can be ready for the playoffs. So... I mean, well, really, all players are rested right now, I, I would assume. But uh, I so got to Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> his favorite word, rest. Yes. Uh, Wayne, we have this thing called the Corona chip mm-hmm. that we're calling it, but it's really just uh, who's winning the championship this year? Who is walking away from the bubble being crowned as the world champions of the National Basketball Association? I got a question. Yes. For whoever wins. You know how they always say, you know, you win the championship. You're like, where are you going? I'm going to Disney World. Do you say that now? No, I'm going back home. I'm going home to <laughs> self-quarantine and play video games on, on Twitch. What, well, they are already technically in Disney World. So Yeah, so you just stay there? Couldn't they technically as a team, you know, go out and celebrate right after? Because they are giving them certain access to things within Disney World. I guess. You just, everybody else got to leave and you just get the whole place to yourself. You I guess team. so. I, and I've, here's another question. I've also wondered, what is the celebration going to look like after the team wins the championship? Yeah, like do you have a parade? No, but I'm saying right there in that moment. Oh, in that, okay. Like right when the buzzer sounds and they're crowned champions. <laughs> there's no fans, only your coaches and players, and I think they're allowing some family to come in over time as they go through the quarantine uh, restrictions and protocols and all that Mm -hmm. but wouldn't that kind of be kind of awkward wouldn't you feel like yeah like usually it's like you feed off the crowd and you know you know things are going crazy there's confetti yada yada they got the big uh post-game speech with adam silver presenting the trophies and all that like is there still that with excitement or is it just like we did it you know what they're probably gonna do is it's gonna be like 2K, where they have like the arena sounds, just playing over top. It's gonna be like a bunch of fans cheering, and then like you know on the wall that they have in like, um, in the arenas where it's like uh, I saw this. I forgot what game I was watching, but the digital fans. Yeah, like the digital. Okay. Screen. Do you do you like that or not? Because I do not like that. It's kind of weird. It's I don't like it. I don't think but it's effective. It's better than having also because nothing's cutouts. in real time. It's like a dude dunks. And then after the five seconds, people are like throwing their arms up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the other team was already like back down the court, about to run a play, and people are like cheering, like "Yo, it, it already happened. It's over. You got to predetermine this, okay?" Yeah, I don't. I think they should just get rid of that. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah, think it does anything for the players. Oh no, for sure. The the players are just like, okay, it's whatever. You want to make wanna, these games really interesting? Give us. Full audio access to everything the players are telling the refs. (laughs) 
Hey, put, don't put it on ESPN. Put it on ESPN two yeah. or three, so you can you know get away with certain things. Uh, and let us hear all the the backlash, the back talking, anything you can think of. We want to see it. I want to see Jimmy Butler go off. On yes. A ref. Yes. Just one time. Just one time. Just let me see it. No, please. no, no. More than one time. More than one time. I want to see it. <laughs> okay. Back to the question. Who Wayne? Who is my winning bad. the championship? Okay. Now I have it coming down. Who's winning this AAU? Tournament style feel championship. This really is AAU, bro. Yes. This is ridiculous. Um, They're gonna drive the bus back home after. Yes, I have the Bucks winning the championship. Okay, we, I do. We agree again. We agree again. We agree again. I thought you were gonna pick Lakers. No, or Clippers or something. Mm-mm. Dang, I got the Bucks. I didn't want to agree with you to be honest. Well, I'm I, changing my pick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say I can I can pick another one. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the way this team, how this team plays, if Giannis can literally, like, even the stat you brought up where he's only playing 31 minutes a game, I'm pretty sure that's going to go up. Sure. But the fact that they got here with Giannis only playing 31 minutes a game, he's dropping 30 points a game, um, 14, what, rebounds it was? 31, uh, 30 points a game, 14 uh, rebounds? 14 rebounds, six assists. I mean, who's stopping him? Who? I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. And then you have he has his role players around him, Eric Bledsoe, um, Chris Middleton, and even like the uh rookie, DiVincenzo. I mean, he might not see the floor a lot, but when he's on the floor, he can really push the ball. They've got a really good team. Wes Matthews can can shoot the ball. Brooke Lopez can defend oh, the paint yeah, really well. The Lopez. So if it's Lakers and Bucks, you don't feel unconfident having Brooke Lopez against Anthony Davis. I feel pretty good about having Brooke Lopez defending him. Mm-hmm. You got Pat Connaughton, good wing player. Robin Lopez can come in for some good bench minutes. Uh, DiVincenzo, who you already mentioned, Giannis. Eric Bledsoe, I don't think, has cleared. Uh, he tested positive for COVID. I don't know if he's back in the bubble yet, so we'll have to wait oh, to yeah, hear back he from that. Uh, Ilyasova can, you know, flop like no one else and so it'll be good to have him chris middleton george hill led the league in three-point percentage this year kyle corver i mean this team is kyle corver they are stacked oh they also have somebody who we went to high school with cameron reynolds oh yeah cam i don't know if he made it into the bubble but uh he's listed here on basketball reference uh for their roster okay shout out cam i just think there's more cohesion for the Bucks than there is the Lakers. Mm-hmm. This team has been together longer. At least the real core of them has been together longer than the Lakers. And I don't just think talent is going to eclipse chemistry uh, for this particular uh, season and the way they're doing things. I think the Bucks are going to have a real chance to to pull it off. Yes, sir. So, uh, besides Bucks, though. Let's kind of go pecking order real quick. Mm-hmm. Bucks is your number one. Who would be your number two choice? If it wasn't the Bucks, it'd be the Lakers. I think it would be the Clippers for me. And you know what? I really wanted to pick the Clippers. I really did. But I just really feel like the Lakers, as, and they're not as built cohesively like the Bucks are. I think the Bucks are just like, they're that team that's just been playing together for a good amount of time. And so they have chemistry unlike no other like they're just they're good um but the lakers they have lebron james and they're better built to beat 
teams like the Clippers, teams like the Rockets, even the um, the Nuggets, who I think would be a sleeper team to make some noise and yeah. know, knock somebody out. But the Lakers are just built to beat teams like that. I don't think the Lakers are built to beat the Bucks, but I feel like the Lakers would be my number two pick if it wasn't the Bucks. Yeah, I think for me, if I were to pick like a top five, Bucks, Clippers, Lakers. This is where it gets tricky. Uh, Raptors. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Everything in me wants to pick the Rockets <laughs> as the fifth choice, but it's between the Rockets and the Nuggets, and I have to say Nuggets. So Buck, a- Bucks, Clippers, Lakers, Raptors, Nuggets. I have a question for you. Yeah. Before we before we jump off. Sure. Um, you're a Rockets fan. This is this is a well known fact. I never said that. You're I'm a just Rock- kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. She was over here. I never claimed this team not playing um how do you feel about their small ball ish lineup that they're using going into this whatever this is i don't know what the bubble tournament thing whatever yeah i think it worked a couple games in the regular season and people got excited about it i don't know how well that's going to work here in the playoffs um i don't know how you're going to go up against guys like Nikola Jokic and anthony davis and other big guys you're you're simply going to get out rebounded and you can't gang rebound for 48 minutes uh i just don't think it's possible um is there a chance that they just i don't know somehow it works there's definitely a chance but I, i i think it's a slim chance and so i think something like this could definitely work for you know, the regular season setting, Mm -hmm. but teams are having more time to game plan here and the playoffs, uh, that they wouldn't have to do, you know, like teams can match lineups in the playoffs. Like they don't have to go, you know, like if I'm the Lakers, I'm keeping Anthony Davis out there against the Rockets. Like he can run still. He's not going to get entirely destroyed off the dribble by Russell Westbrook and, James Harden like you can keep him out there and he will out rebound them every single time mm-hmm. so I personally I don't think it's going to work I think it's a slim chance but I think it was the chance that they were willing to take when they traded Clint Capella away for you know Robert Covington and some other pieces yeah yeah I'm with you too I was saying it from the jump like it's gonna look cool to start off with I mean you got uh James Harden Russell Westbrook P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. Who else? Um, so Eric Gordon's going to be out for about two weeks. Yeah. I'm talking about when it when it first came, like when they first started. Wait, was Eric Gordon even playing whenever they first started? Because he was hurt. What, the scrimmages? No, no, no. Before. Uh, he was, he just got back, yeah. Okay, he just got back. Okay. But who was the, who was the fifth? Um, Jeff Green? Jeff Green's on that team. It might have been him. Um, but yeah, like all those dudes are like, what? six eight and below six seven and below and i was just like yeah it's gonna work because it's gonna be a lot of offense but when it comes to having to to defend like in the paint in the low post like what are you gonna do yeah and i don't think the low post game has been entirely lost like you still have that as part of basketball and it can be used against them Mm -hmm. you're not and if we're gonna have a repeat of a couple years ago 
and they're going to miss 23 straight threes, <laughs> there is no chance because you live and you die by that three. Yeah. And there's really not a lot of other choices other than letting certain guys drive to the basket. Yeah. Like you don't have a – and you don't really have a pick-and-roll partner. That's another thing. Clint Capella was that dude. You don't have that anymore. It is you get to the basket, get fouled, or you know make an easy layup, or you kick it out for a three. That's their only – choices at this point yeah so we'll see how it goes yeah we're gonna see well i know that was a little bit longer of a podcast but uh, it was overdue i mean march 26th was our last one so um we want to try to give you guys as much content as possible i don't know if it's going to be weekly but it'll definitely be um much shorter than a you know three or four month break mm-hmm. uh so we're excited for nba basketball to come back we got some things that we're looking Uh, into as far as platforms we want to deliver to as well so be looking out for that and we will speak to you again wizzy wayne sign him out all right guys this has been a three and d thank you for rocking with us for this time we'll see you guys next time any words of advice any words of advice wise words with wayne webb um that's a tongue twister it is but I bet you can't say it five times fast. I have uh, words of advice. I pulled, I pulled up to Wayne's house, and he has a new basketball goal, and it has a chain net. Yes. So my words of advice are um, get a chain net instead of a cloth net. It'll really change your game, I'll tell you. Peace, y'all. <laughs>